cues. This is for The Good Place, season one, episode eight. This is the one with Dress Bitch and the one with the terrain and uh, the lie cube. A whole bunch of strange world building in this one. And we talk about it <laughs> a lot. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Here we go. So we just watched The Good Place season one, episode eight which is most improved player. Uh, what did y'all think of this one? What a solid budget cutting, ep- and I mean this in not a critical way, what a solid money saving episode <laughs> Yeah. up until the end. If it had not, um, you can see where all that money that they saved by having it literally in one set yeah. the whole time goes at the end with like, Fire snakes. Fire snakes and the train that ha- secretly has a really expensive CGI thing in that shot for no good reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ellie? Uh, episode, how feel? It was fine. Yep. It was fine. It was not... How many episodes did you say are in this season? Uh... Anyone remember? I love the I love the typing. What kind of keyboard are you rocking, Will? Uh, thirteen episodes. Thirteen, um, yeah. Is... So that makes sense. So this is like a pretty solid middle of the season episode. Um, yeah, like it's it does exactly what the middle of the season for the Good Place I imagined would do. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is an episode that like collects like a bunch of previous. Uh, philosophy and sort of vaguely talks about it in different places and. And had like has Eleanor demonstrate some of it through some of the words that she says. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but in general, it's like a okay. We are now like advancing the plot and the world building so that we can advance in what kind of theories we're presenting. Episode for sure. It's definitely a middle of the season episode. We're definitely yes. not paying attention to how trains fucking work. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> Okay, let's let's summary it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so summary for this episode. Uh, we ended with Eleanor revealing that uh, she was uh, the problem child. Uh, and so Michael is interrogating Eleanor about her past life. Um, he would be able to have her file, except Janet is still rebooting um, and mm-hmm. cannot give him Eleanor's file and instead keeps giving him different kinds of cacti, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. We've um, finally gotten to the cactus. We finally got to the cactus, cactus y'all. <laughs> yep. I appreciate it. I really do. It's really cute. Uh, and so um, he has to interrogate Eleanor about her past life and he like gives her like this questionnaire to determine like how bad, like bad, like positive slash negative point swings Mm-hmm. Um, in her past life. Um, he also interviews Tahani and Jason. Um, Tahani clearly is like, uh, thinks that Eleanor should be sent to the bad place, but Chidi asks Tahani to not just outright say that. And so um, she sort of, she tries to like work around it and fails utterly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jason is going to lie, but Eleanor knows that Michael has a truth box, right? Mm-hmm. A box that lights up if you're telling a truth or a lie. Um, and so 
they tell Jason to only nod and smile in classic John Yu way. Uh, and Michael interprets uh, Jason's smiling and nodding and poking himself with the cactus uh, in whatever way Michael decides to do so. Yep. Um, and then he finally gets Eleanor's file. Um, Eleanor has a fla- discusses a flashback uh, where she tried on a terrible roommate's uh, dress after said terrible roommate uh, would not loan it to her and accidentally ripped it. The roommate, who is terrible, <laughs> blames the, like, uh, the dry cleaning people, uh, sues them, puts them out of business, and then her story goes viral on the internet, and she becomes Dress Bitch. Um, mm-hmm. And Eleanor and Eleanor's housemate have t-shirts made of Dress Bitch with a photo of her. Um, it's really unfortunate that The Good Place kept using my true name like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I have really bad news. Oh. I typed in dress bitch into Google oh, no. to pull up an image to remind myself who the actor was. Uh-huh. I got a spoiler immediately. Oh, no! No! Oh, oh my God! Wait, what? It was, it was three words, four words. Yeah, dress bitch. Uh, and so Michael uh, decides... Um, and she also describes when she took her cousin's sister, her cousin's daughter out to the mall to eat churro dogs, which I will not describe because I will throw up on Mike um, uh-huh. because her cousin couldn't get it together. Uh, Michael, however, decides after the dress bitch story that Eleanor needs to be sent to the good place, the bad place. And he calls up the bad place on this like little old school, like 40s style, thing. like, yeah intercom yep uh and the bad place rolls up in a train um and the bad place people come out and we get to meet some of the people from the bad place uh including trevor they are wearing dress bitch t-shirts apparently eleanor is like a legend down in the bad place um and so uh they allow her to like go say goodbye uh, to her friends, so she says bye to Chidi, and they have like a very emotional moment. And then Tahani and Jason come by, and she has a very emotional moment with Tahani, where she realizes that they are, but like she thinks of Tahani as a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tahani is like has spent this entire episode being very angry at Eleanor, um, and then describes her relationship with Eleanor as if as casual kinship, you know, mm-hmm. very classic Tahani way. That was a good um, Tahani. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chidi goes to Michael and confesses that he murdered Janet and that Eleanor is learning and that shouldn't they give her a chance because she's learning. Um, Michael is eventually convinced and goes to rescue Eleanor, who is like on the train. He actually stops the train and takes Eleanor off the train uh, and then says, this is a mistake and we need to figure out what happened. And then until then, Eleanor stays here. And then Trevor says, well, fine. But until we figure it out, I'm keeping the other Eleanor. Um, And the other Eleanor Shellstrop, who should have been in the good place, comes out of the train. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, I want to discuss that reveal. Uh, because Eleanor Shellstrop, who should have been in the good place, is an Indian woman. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> yes. 
Um, she's played by Tia Sirkar, who I only know from right now one other role. Do either of you know what that other role is? She looks very familiar, but I don't. You've seen her. I've definitely seen her. You've I seen don't her. Know. She did look familiar. You've both seen with her. Ellie. She was Zach Braff's wife on Alex the Fuck Inc. You, you that implies I watched that piece of shit. Did you not watch any of it? No, you are my Good. only engagement Good. to that show. Good. <gasps> it's so horrible. <laughs> uh, I had wiped that show from my memory, so thanks, Will. You're welcome. Please continue. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of the episode. Um, yeah. Is the Eleanor reveal. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, I think the first thing I want to talk about um, real quick is that this is, like, so y'all know that there are. Oh, wait, this is wait. A, oh, who wrote yeah. this episode? Okay, this was written by the dude who wrote um, the last, like, really shitty episode. This is Dan <sighs> Schofield. Of course. Um, okay. Who wrote whatever was the last one where we were all like, ew. Um, episode six. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I'm trying to remember the plot of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one about the one about lying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, oh. It's the, um, uh, the what we owe to each other one. Yeah, and it's one that introduced the Chidi Tahani pseudo relationship to my memory. Yep. Um, Which so, that, that got dropped like a rock. Not the lying, girl, not the lying yeah. one. Sorry, it's the. Is the lying one? It's the contractualism. Yeah, it's the lying one. Yeah, it's the, it's the like contractualism, what we owe to each other thing. Yeah. Exactly. It, it was the TV version of a class during the semester where the professor has fuck all to do to make it interesting and basically just reads the textbook for an hour. Yeah. Um, and, and I will say, like, I have a few moments here where his very specific perspective came <laughs> through in the script. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh-huh. Um, but I want to talk about, so, so y'all know that this is a TV show that has twists. Mm-hmm. Like, episode one itself was a twist. Jason was a twist. Yeah. We have now hit another twist, and it's that this show will not be entirely the premise that Eleanor is trying to fit into the good place. Like, Thank fuck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we now officially have knowledge that, like, it will not just be a long undercover mission, essentially. Which was, when this came out, like, another pretty huge twist. Like, I don't think anybody was really expecting her to do that at the very end of the previous episode. And I don't think anybody was expecting it to play out like it did in this episode. So, so with that, uh, how are y'all feeling about how this twist played out? It feels... I'm going to let Ellie say the smart things, and I'm going to say the not important things. <laughs> As, it, as this show is meant to do. <laughs> it's, it feels like this show is custom made to employ people like the AV Club who do episode recaps. Yes. It feels, uh, it feels like it is from that sort of that I that, that sort of spirit of internet TV kinship where Game of Thrones ain't gonna last forever. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Episode recaps of that aren't going to be. <laughs> they never were evergreen. Uh, God, so I wish you I got were stuff one of like this, where it's like paid to do this. It's twist a week, like unlike a show like Supernatural, where you can have like 
five episodes in a row of like Monster of the Weeky stuff that has very little actual plot that affects the, you know, beginning and end blocks where there's like tons of plot. In this one, everything is plot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ellie? Um, so I will say that I actually fully expected the twist at the end of this. Okay. Um, like, I knew this was going to happen at some point. I didn't yeah. know when, but I knew that we were going to find out that the other Eleanor Shells drop is in the other place. Yeah. This was going to be some kind of reveal, right? Um, uh, it's not surprising. What did surprise me, and not in a good way, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is who they decided to have Eleanor Shellstrop be. And yes. that is, of course, a uh, an Indian woman, a person of color, a woman of color, mm-hmm. in fact. Um, and this show hasn't earned that commentary. No, no. Uh, like this is this show has not. It has not set itself up as the kind of show where it can treat that commentary well. Um. I I do don't not trust think, it. Yeah, I do not think that they were even considering, considering that, that could yeah. have commentary. Exactly, exactly. Like I don't. That's the thing. The way that they did the twist, I agree with you. Like one, they haven't earned it. But then two, on top of that, I don't think that they realized what it meant to have yeah Eleanor Shellstrop, the original or like the other one, I guess not the original. Um. Uh to have her be a woman of color. Right. And to have it be that in this situation, whether or not we, you know, know about the eventual end twist to season one, um, in this situation, knowing like that, having like Eleanor, the white lady get to stay in the good place. (laughs) Right. Uh, It's, yeah, I don't like it. I think that it the twist itself, like, not well handled, not well thought out. Uh, I think it would have been better to have the Eleanor Shellstrop that comes out be another white lady. Or, hilariously, like, I really wanted Eleanor Shellstrop to come out and have it be another Kristen Bell. I was expecting, like, if you sol- if you were mm-hmm. player two and selected Kristen Bell, you would get Kristen Bell in a different color t-shirt. Like, yeah. And then we would have all this sort of masturbatory, well, nature versus nurture. Like, we would go into that bullshit for the rest of the season. Right, right. What if she had gotten a better shake at life? Like, all that. Um, yeah, and like, so, however, like, and not however, but like, additionally, like, I think, I think I'm thinking about this too hard. Uh, but one of the things that Eleanor Shellstrop was said to have done was like go and help, uh, go and help children in like devastating circumstances in. Yeah. I don't remember what country in Africa. Um, I don't think that the show remembers what country. exactly. Yeah, and so in that sense, well, I'm sh- like one. I'm like if it if it is, I hope. Yeah. Like, in that sense, it's kind of like, we didn't make this Eleanor Shellstrop a white savior. But it's like, yes, but... But this Eleanor wouldn't do that. Like, that's just, that's not how... Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't know. 
I I didn't like it. We're going to end it there. Fair. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think that this was... I think that they thought they were doing something interesting here. Um, and I don't think that they did something interesting here. Yeah. I it's think like, that they... It's interesting in the wrong way. Yep. There, there, There is a... F- there's a certain amount of effort being put in that is not being pursued through the follow-through and that lack of effort down the line is very much it's apparent to the viewer Mm -hmm. yes yeah including the fucking train but (laughs) get to that (laughs) yeah um do we want to do our philosophy segment because it's brief today sure go for it go for it so let's you're telling Let's, me you don't have a 20-minute breakdown of the ethics of the lie cube. <laughs> I, I actually have a lot to say about the lie cube, but Ellie, please go on. Yeah, um, so I don't have a lot to say about the lie cube, uh, mostly because um, this portion of ethics is not something that I studied a lot. Um uh, I was focused in other areas, and so I'm going to let Will talk at length about the lie cube and then interact with that. Um, but one thing that I do want to talk about in this episode is that, again, it's an episode where we don't have GD giving any kind of um, lecture or anything um, because the plot is more important than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so instead, what we have is this this series of references back to previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a... Um, Eleanor cites Kant very casually, right? And mm-hmm. then compares Kant saying lying in any situation is wrong. Kant's very uncompromising moral philosophy. Um, and then compares him to general societal understanding, which is snitches get stitches. Uh-huh. Which uh, um, is a philosophy that Jason understands deeply. Right. Of course it is. <laughs> which he Jason picked up from somebody's firsthand. tattoo, let's be clear. Uh-huh. <laughs> His boy, Peanut. Uh, His boy, Peanut. His boy, Peanut. (laughs) Um, We get a flashback to... um, A lot of flashback, but, like, we get a a reference back to episode two when Chidi is defending Eleanor, where he's talking about how Eleanor is learning. Um, This is a reference to, like, the way to being a good person is through studying moral ethics and philosophy and a reference also to episode three when we are introduced to aristotle um Mm -hmm. aristotle if you recall said that you're a moral person if you're trying to do good you can and that you can become and learn how to be a good person Mm -hmm. and so this is chidi using aristotle to like support eleanor um and say like eleanor is trying and learning she is learning to be a good person she's just doing it after she has died um not sure what Aristotle will say about that, but, you know, that's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get a reference back, of course, to Eleanor saying that the good-bad system is bullshit and that there should be a medium place mm-hmm. um, for medium people. Uh, this is, again, like she this, she said this in one of the first episodes. Um, this is also, I, I feel like it's like a very nice, uh, not nice, it's like a... a decent reference to like some of the later philosophies that we will be encountering that are a little bit more complicated on the subject of good and bad um complicated um, like the trolley problem i assume (sighs) still so upset about that um 
<laughs> a little bit when by complicated i mean like things about like pluralism right that we mentioned in a previous episode things mm-hmm. about um uh like the meaning of good and bad and like uh, interactions with society versus yourself um and breaking out of individualism uh we always love to break out of individualism this is an american show so i have no idea if we're actually going to do that right uh, but you know maybe um so yeah this is basically just like a series of references in different ways to the different forms of um the different forms of philosophy like ethics that we have been introduced to so far um contractualism right that's tahani tahani throughout the episode talks about how eleanor lying has influenced the whole of the community and herself and has like ruined everything that they stand for because she has not abided by the contract that is in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. um and that's that's it really uh there's definitely more to like you but again i didn't this is not my area i know kind of like what it's talking about but i don't i don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole honestly so (laughs) Yeah, so my my ruminations on the lie cube are less to do... I mean, so ethics are involved, but yes. philosophical ethics less so. Uh, I'm going to talk about the lie cube and linguistic discrimination, please. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, so... Hey, okay, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, I was pretty fucking furious about this. Uh and I, it wasn't something that I noticed the first time watching, but yeah, no, I only watching watched it, it again. Once. Yeah, watching it again, I was like, wait, what the fuck? So, okay. So, when Eleanor is interacting with the Lie Cube, which is a uh, bright, glowing white cube that lights up red when somebody is lying, blue when somebody is not. And we can just kind of, like, buy into this this idea of, like... like it's the a thing Michael knows. would have. It's, it's a thing that Michael would have, and the cube just knows. It's not going to be, like, a real-world lie detector test, which is a fucking lie. Like, right. it's, you know, bullshit. Like, we can we can assume that this is a real thing that really tells if something is a lie. Mm-hmm. Eleanor speaks to the cube, and the cube responds. The way that they get around this is for Jason to embody his role as Jianyu mm-hmm. and to not speak, but to just nod and kind of like look make facial expressions yeah right um which (laughs) i feel like we can assume the philosophy here or like the the mechanics here are that the lie cube only responds to verbal speech yep um which no no um (laughs) like sign language is it, I mean, is several languages. If we're talking ASL, it is a language. It has grammar. It has conventions. It is a language. It's taught as a language because it's a language. Um, we can even talk about written language. is is a language. So by by that, uh, would the lie cube not be able to tell lies in something like sign language? And then that led me to the thought. Well, it wouldn't matter because I'm sure that the writers and creator think that in the good place, you wouldn't quote unquote need sign language because you'd just be able to speak. And that hurt me very deeply in my core and I hated it and felt very repulsed. 
I don't think we actually get a shot of Jianyu, of Jason with the cube in, in the episode. Weird. Weird. Um, uh, yeah, I, like, yeah. granted, a lot of that is conjecture from me. But, but yeah, no, the how... theory is that, like, Jason, when, right. when, when he's talking to Jason, the cube is still there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but... I don't feel like, like, that thought process is a stretch. No, like, it's not. I completely agree with you. And I think I actually, yeah. like, thought about it when they were telling him to, like, nod. I was just like, wait, but wouldn't the cube be able to register that as lies anyway? Right. Right. I thought about it. But then I realized that the other thing that I thought when I was watching the episode, and I'm looking at through my notes here, uh-huh. um, is that where is the cube is here. Um, and so I don't think that we actually get a shot of Janu slash Jason with the cube. Yes. So we we're talking about the cube and linguistic uh, discrimination. Yes. The first shot that we get when Jason is in the room with Michael is actually of Michael sitting on the edge of the desk uh, looking at Jason. So we get a shot of the whole desk and the light cube is not on the desk. The desk is covered with plants and cacti. And that is because they have kept the continuity of Michael putting the cube into the desk at the end of Tahani's interview. Ah. ah, right. At the end of Tahani's interview, Michael lies to her and the cube lights up in red. <laughs> I, I was going to ask if this was before or after that, but I also didn't feel like getting the scene pulled up. So I applaud you. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So he puts it into the drawer and he doesn't take it out of the drawer when when Jason comes in. He trusts Jianyu. He does. Got it. He thinks that Jianyu is the wise sage. And derives a lot of comfort from that fact and also thinks that he doesn't need to ask because of this thinks that he does not need to have like you out for talking to Jianyu. Huh. So okay. So maybe I'm being too harsh on the show. However, also no I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like because I'm sorry. Like if they had not followed the continuity, I don't believe that the show would think through the linguistic discrimination of no absolutely not okay no. cool cool okay it's also worth noting that the that discrimination also comes up in the fact that there are a couple of times where michael specifically phrases a question in such a way that a character can answer without a yes or no yes mm-hmm. yeah and, and thus breaking the cube and also i think probably the biggest way that this show has convinced me that it would not consider this discrimination is that there's nobody who who is nonverbal in the good place. Oh well, yeah. 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 That would take effort. Right. Uh yeah. Gavin talk to us about the twain. What okay, is get, this? Okay, it is time for train talk. Train talk with Gavin. <laughs> choo choo. Okay. So what is it? It's the Trans Something Express or it's whatever. The Afterlife Express. It's the 318 to the Bad Place, which I assure <laughs> you is a reference to the 317 to Yuma. Yes, correct. Tra- train Good Place. Trans Eternal Railway. Uh, oh, okay. Commonly okay. known as The Train because this show is written by toddlers. Oh, right. Afterlife okay. Express is the name of the trope. Sorry. Yes. Oh, fascinating. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. So the, 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 the main thing I got a beef with here is a visual thing, but it's like it is extremely representative of going 75% of the way there, but that 
that 25% you don't have is so fucking visible. And it literally is... <laughs> so, <laughs> the, shot you, the shot you first see this train in, it is in the station. And from a real-world perspective, I can tell that there's only so much space on this set that they have for this station. Right. And if they had the locomotive and the 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 passenger carriage and I think a caboose, but I'm not sure if the caboose is physically there in this episode. I just know it exists because I've seen a shot of this thing in another or like a trailer that I saw on Twitter last year or year before. The thing is, you wouldn't physically have enough space for it. So either because of that reason or because it's missing, there's no tender on this thing. What Which, does that mean? Okay, so like Thomas the tank engine, like the 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 the, ter- the, the idea of a tank engine is it's a small sort of compact car version of a steam locomotive okay. where it has the it already has basically all the shit it needs fuel-wise to get get itself through the day or at least between two points and then get refueled in small amounts. Okay. It's a locom- it's a Prius. Yes. It, okay. <laughs> like it is expected that it's going to be fine. Then there are larger locomotives that were constructed for much more intensive jobs or that were meant to be going way further distances. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the one that this episode is based on. Uh, or the, the, the one that the locomotive used in this episode is based on, which was a very common um, freight locomotive those steam engines always had to carry their fuel with them for huge lengths of time so the thing you're looking at in the front is the the actual engine itself it's the locomotive it's the thing where the people are standing and doing the controls in the very back of it but then behind that it's the roundy choo-choo face the roundy choo-choo face Uh is the actual mechanical part of an engine uh-huh. And then the tender part is the little box that's right behind it that has all the coal or wood or oil or whatever oh, in it. Oh, yeah. And this guy doesn't have that. It just goes straight to, like, car. To the point where when you're looking at Kristen Bell's reverse shot while she's sitting in the in the passenger car, when you're looking over Parks and Rec Boy's shoulder, you can just see the firebox. Huh. And the fact that you can see that <laughs> means something's very wrong. <laughs> Because a tender isn't optional when something's well, I, built. I would argue it's optional in heaven. It's optional for 10 minutes. <laughs> in heaven? If we're going to say it's magic, sure. But then why does it look the way it looks? Why is yeah. it even steam? Why is it a train? Yeah. <laughs> That's but, very true, Gavin. But from a real world, from a real world perspective, this thing was constructed originally for the 2013 movie the lone ranger it was originally built to be the constitution which is a stand-in for a real world locomotive that did not have a name and doesn't exist anymore uh and they built it that way because america okay yes <laughs> the, <laughs> they right. had to do a bunch of stunt stuff with it so they rather would have built a prop that they can just have people run all over and have it wreck and do weird shit than risk damaging a real thing that prop then becomes the property of the studio and it's just sitting around on the back lot. It's mm-hmm. used in an Advil commercial a couple years later, and the Advil commercial glues a bunch of shit to it. Weird. That makes no sense. It's like weirdly modified to an extreme degree, as if someone's going to recognize something from the Lone <laughs> Ranger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it's for an Advil commercial. Yeah, it's uh, fucking weird. And then it moves on to live a, a life on Westworld. They repaint it and yeah, yeah, yeah. they put a new name on the tender. And it's just on Westworld for a while. Yeah. And then it's in the good place. It's been repainted again. Uh-huh. There's some new stuff on it for some reason. Uh-huh. There's really expensive CGI smoke coming out of the stack uh-huh. for some reason. Uh-huh. Even though there's like fake steam coming out of the actual prop. Right. Why why not just do that there? More steam. I guess steam. it looked like More shit. More steam. <laughs> it I just question if the tender still says the Black Ridge Limited from from uh from Westworld and they didn't have the money to paint it. <laughs> <laughs> well, also probably Westworld was probably using it concurrently. Maybe, but why would they need just that part? It just, it, cause they've changed the look of it again. Like it's reap. It's, it has a red, yeah. uh, red and black aesthetic in Westworld. This, they've just painted it flat black and they've glued a bunch of shit on it. Yeah. That makes it kind of look like the train from, Back to the Future 3, almost. Like, there's some odd pieces that don't exist in the real world. Which, again, it's the afterlife. I get it. It just confuses me why they specifically wanted a steam engine. Because they wanted a train. Yeah, they wanted it to look like choo-choo. But there are so many choo-choos that you don't need Universal to add more has built shit before. to the choo-choo. And they have more than one. There has to, and they're filming in California. There are heritage railroads that you can go to and film at for a day. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. They could have had the literal real thing, and it would have sounded and looked good. The onset audio would have been useless, obviously. But, yeah. So you That's don't have the control. That's what Foley is for. That's what Foley, That's is, what Foley for. is for. I just, it's, <laughs> it's maddening that they go through the effort to have a thing that is there and this is what it feels like for you two who think about the ethics things (laughs) for me i can see that like they knew what the thing was they just didn't it's like having a car and putting square tires on it and then just leaving it in the background and thinking that's fine yeah (laughs) yeah it's like yeah i guess but why (laughs) because it's magic because it's magic but yeah, also, it's weird that they made that they added shit to make it look more like a train that nobody would notice except train people, and for the right. train people, it looks less like a train. <laughs> now here's the genuine criticism of the train part. We spent an entire freaking episode establishing that Janet has to operate the fucking train for them to be able to leave the good place. So this raises a very big question. Mm-hmm. Is there a Janet of the bad place in that group of assholes with technology that makes them look like assholes only in that year? Because there's someone with a Bluetooth earpiece yeah. and someone with a selfie, selfie stick. <laughs> Do they have an Janet of their own that is operating it? Or is Trevor that person? Or did they forget the fact that they imply that it has to be the AI for safety reasons is is this explained because it feels like they just went eh, it. <laughs> it came from the bad place so it's fine we don't have to talk about janet being not here yet i say nothing this is where will <laughs> carefully chooses words oh no i choose to none words <laughs> no words whatsoever from will none Well, 
Those sure were none words. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Is there anything else about this episode? It was just kind of like a just kind of just kind of happened, huh? This Parts episode, and guys, okay. Kind of. A, I wish that I could say that the introduction of the bad place characters was interesting. It wasn't. It, not at all. Not at all. Zero. It wasn't. The it was. Least. It was not interesting at all. No. Uh, Parks and Rec dude showed up, and I was just like, oh, it's that dude. I've literally watched one episode of Parks and Rec, y'all. Um, Got it. <laughs> I've, seen, like, I've seen two. Oh, it's him. <laughs> I feel yeah. like he is not believably an asshole to me. I feel no. like I feel like they're almost it's almost like an in joke because he's so good and so straight laced and so sweet on yeah. Parks and Rec. Yep. That um, that's the thing that sort of hung over it for me yeah. was it felt like that. It, it felt like, oh, I never get to be the asshole. Right, exactly. Um and then the other part of it is they did have the um oh my god, the actress from Mr. Robot. And a ton of other things. She's so amazing. I don't remember her name. Um, and she was not utilized well because she just had a selfie stick. Um, but the other part of it is just like, wow, I get it. Y'all hate femininity. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Who <laughs> oh boy. Yikes. 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 The questionnaire yeah. with the everything and the selfie stick, but also the yeah. questionnaire. Yikes. The sure was a sell... Dan Schofield episode, huh? Yep. Did they sell dress bitch t-shirts? You know, I don't remember, but probably. I was going to say, if if <laughs> if It's Always Sunny could actually sell the dick towel and they didn't they did. have they didn't have the courage <laughs> to okay, sell the it. t-shirt. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like yes. Fox said, we don't want to merch that. And then the It's Always Sunny people are like, well, we'll, just, yes. we'll just do it ourselves then. And Fox went, sure. And then they made an obscene amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I lied. I'm only finding it on... Like T Public and Redbubble. Oh, okay. So other people made it. <laughs> Steal NBC's money. Go for it. Go for it, babe. Uh, I. Uh, this is the only shirt piracy I condone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, this is like I said, this is kind of a nothing episode. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. What's the next episode? Let me look. I, I, I fear uh, upcoming plot, probably the season finale, where they got to break into the bad place to get Eleanor out. Oh, it's going to be really long and funny, and there's going to be a lot of jokes. It's going to be a lot of situational jokes. <laughs> I think, in fact, that might be the next one. Um, the next one is written by Jen Statsky. I don't remember. I remember her name, but I don't remember what she's written so far. Um, but I guess we'll have to see. Meow, meow, it's Empty the Cues, and you can find us on social media. Uh, we are at Empty Cues Pod on most socials. You can find us on our website, emptythecues.wordpress.com, where we also have transcripts. Enjoy. Okay, bye. Bye.